Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. My co-host is Ryan Donnelly. Um, Ryan, it was, a, it was a big week in college football. It was a big week for that's for, right, Patrick. I for think, a lot of teams. Let's just let's just get right to it here and just get into what everyone wants to hear about. Yeah. Are you finally ready to apologize to me for being wrong with the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> <laughs> buddy? I uh, listen. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have your day in the light today because I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday and then I watched the Cleveland Browns and I'll tell you. I'm not worried. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am not troubled. There's by ben a storm coming. <laughs> There's a storm coming to the shores of Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. I'm and, sure, and we're certainly looking into it more yeah, and more. I'm. I'll tell you. I'm. I'm not terribly concerned about the Steelers and their Big 12 2013 offense. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. <laughs> Well, thankfully, there was no other 2013 offenses that did well against any teams from Ohio this week, and I don't think we have anything to worry about, so uh, <laughs> there's just no other commentary to be had about the state of Ohio, I think, this entire weekend. Yeah, that's right. There are only two football teams in the state of Ohio. The Bobcats and, and, and the Browns. That's yes. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the big two. Um, and they both had big weeks. Um, do you want to start there? Do you want to start at the, is that the big game of the week? What's that? Uh, Ohio State, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, I didn't watch that game. So yeah. No, okay, mm-hmm. look. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. Um, you just want me to go on my rant real quick or what? Yeah, sure. So Ohio State falls 35-28 to Oregon at home. Um, doesn't look especially good doing it right. on really either side of the ball. Uh, Oregon gets kind of a, a, a win that I would say that program needed, that the Pac-12 For needed. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Mario Cristobal certainly needed it. Mario Cristobal manages to close out a close game, which he's never done before. First although for him, yeah. I'm not sure that that was really as much his responsibility as it was Ryan Day's. Yeah. Um, More specifically, Kerry Combs. Yeah, yeah, Kerry Combs. Although, I mean... <laughs> yeah, look, 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 so, I mean, here's the thing. I think that... Uh, a lot of this game were just the chickens coming home to roost, the problems that have been around at Ohio State for over a full season now. Yeah. Um, it's pretty clear Kerry Combs cannot call a defense. Like, I mean, you can say what you want about his ability to recruit, which is obviously fantastic. And I think at the time, while the hire was questionable, there were justifiable reasons for it. And there wasn't an obvious answer that was going to be available and better for Ohio State, the, maybe. The um, primary reason being, I think, that Ryan Day doesn't know anybody else. And right. so and, hiring somebody who has NFL experience and that you know recruiting experience, not a, it's not an indefensible move, especially when you don't know anybody. Right, and especially if your thing is going to be, I'm only going to hire guys that I'm friends with, which yeah. seems to be every coach's mm-hmm. thing for some reason, yeah. is uh, not what you want to do necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, look at Ohio State's defensive staff, right? You have a guy who's never called plays calling the defense. You guy who's you have a guy who's never coached defensive backs coaching the defensive backs. Yep. You have a guy who's never coached linebackers coaching the linebackers. And shockingly, all three of them suck. Yeah, and also a washed-ass defensive line coach. Uh, come on, come on. <laughs> listen, I'm the just defensive saying, line was bad on Saturday, listen. but I, I don't think there's any reason to believe Larry uh, Johnson has slipped up or that he's like incapable of performing anymore. And I think that... Uh, Based on what a lot of folks have been saying and what I've been reading, there's some reason to believe some of that scheme as well. And I mean, like, I mean, obviously, you're playing two, three techs and a nose tackle, and, uh, you know, you're asking everyone to, like, slant for some reason yeah. instead of trying to get a pass rush when you have the most talent, one of the, like, two or three most talented defensive lines in college football. Yeah. You it doesn't are- make a ton of sense. And also, when the only <laughs> thing you do well on defense right now is covering man and you're not blitzing, you know, that doesn't make a ton of sense either. Uh-huh. Um, there's not a lot of things they're doing that make sense, I would say. Yeah, this is this is one of our. Uh, we'll get into our categories here. This is one of our game of the week nominees. My, uh, I was at this game covering it and mm-hmm. uh, have have talked and written about it pretty extensively. And if, I was if, at this uh, game astral projecting to yell at <laughs> uh, you, you. You were disassociating at this game, uh, <laughs> but uh, this this I mean this was bad. This was a disastrous performance from Ohio <laughs> State. I have been. 
for several years now saying that Ohio State's defense has bigger issues than just the the little you know the little things that most of the Ohio State beat has has picked on since 2018 and, mm-hmm. and you know assumed that those were the biggest issues I think there's a structural problem with Ohio State's defense and program at large and the way that it develops players um and I think that that showed up here I think that guys were I mean if you watched this game you could see linebackers who were thinking through their processes as the plays were happening which is not usually what you want from your linebackers you right it's like Ohio State's defense defensive players in an extremely simple what is supposed to be an extremely simple scheme single high is supposed to be simple that's the idea yeah um they were very obviously confused about what they were supposed to be doing in a very simple at its face scheme and I, I think that it is I, I mean it's just, emblematic right that on yeah. that like 99 yard Oregon touchdown drive they brought in uh, Gayatete who yeah. had been declared eligible like 24 hours earlier yeah and he ran into Tommy Eichenberg <laughs> knocking both of them Dude. over as Oregon got a easy first yeah. down past the tight end yeah uh, yeah that ended up you know going to in a scoring drive yeah Paulie Naoteote played four oh, yeah. snaps and I think they were probably the four worst snaps of the game <laughs> maybe the four anyone? worst snaps of football anyone's yeah. ever played just he he had one month and they ruined him <laughs> yeah I mean I Ohio State has a lot of problems right now on that team um I think that they start primarily like the number one issue of that team right now is linebacker play. Yeah. Um, and the scheme is terrible. The play calling is terrible. But at the end of the day, like with how talented Ohio State is, it can still beat most teams with you'd, bad you'd scheme, think. bad play calling. I mean, calling all of these, all these linebackers the are four stars. <laughs> right. I mean, Cody Simon looks really good. Yeah. I thought Kayvon Pope flashed again like he seems to always do every time he touches the field. Yeah. Except then he, of course, will not see the field the rest of the season. Um, uh-huh. He'll be put in prison. <laughs> right. Um... Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's personnel decisions overall are pretty baffling, right? Like, I mean, they yeah. they played 26 players on defense. Which on is Saturday. somehow more than they played against Minnesota when it was addressed afterwards as an issue. Sure. <laughs> it doesn't make they, any sense at all. Yeah, like, I, and I was, you know, talking about this with, with a friend that I think, like, some of the issue here is, especially in the line, I, I can't explain the secondary very much, but, uh, well, actually, maybe I can, I don't know. Especially the linebacking core. Al Washington's background as a defensive line coach, where yeah. you do rotate players because they weigh 300 pounds and can't mm-hmm. breathe. Yeah. Um, naturally linebackers don't really need to do that you don't yeah. need to set them out this frequently like if you have two like three to four guys that can play those two spots that's all you need yeah my my last two things on this and then we'll touch on on Oregon who was also in this game and, and probably, we probably talk about the high yeah. state offense too we probably have a few more minutes yeah but um <laughs> I I would something that I that I noticed specifically and I was I was talking about this online um there are plays where and I think that this is a big issue with the linebackers especially the veteran linebackers where Ohio State has had this issue for several years where there's open space in the middle of the field on every single Constantly. play, like right behind the linebackers, right? On, and they on, follow motion every time. Yeah, they follow motion every single time. They see a shiny light and they they run straight towards that. But you could see on on running plays during this game and and throughout the game, even on 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 passing plays, guys like Tarada Mitchell, who is a he's a senior linebacker, he's a captain, <laughs> he is you know he's been around the block, and you can see him on a on a running play. There was one I posted specifically where he's the backside linebacker who presumably should be looking to fill a cutback lane as you, you would think yeah, as you do as a linebacker and he is not looking at the running back at all because he's worried about he's got man coverage responsibilities for the tight end he's worried about the tight end and the wide receiver next to the tight end slipping behind him in, on a potential pass he's worried about setting the edge if anthony brown keeps it on a read option he's thinking about all these different things and so 
running back is cutting back and Tarada Mitchell is just standing there. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 this is a senior linebacker. If this guy can't process it, then I'm not sure who's going to. It, right. It's, it's, I, I think that Ohio State's solution to the, the issues that the defense has had is to try and apply all these new, they said all offseason adjustments. They're adding adjustments to the defense. They're making adjustments. And so I think that you have an, a, a, a scheme that at its core is simple with about 35 adjustments for every single player on every single play. Which and, don't need to be there. Yeah, and none of them know what they're doing. <laughs> and somehow none of them seem to be like dropping to the correct depth and coverage yeah. or like uh, <laughs> keeping gap integrity in the run game yeah. or like hitting the opposing team's players. Yeah, like those... or, or recognizing what position they're in in right. the case of like Bryson Shaw or, who played like a linebacker. <laughs> terrible. Or, you know, not having all three linebackers cover the same tight end in a uh-huh. running play. Yeah, uh, or no <laughs> one take the running back when he runs out to a, yes. on a, on a on a swing route because they all just think somebody else is going to take it. Ohio State has like five or six players that keep playing in the first two games that just clearly should not see the field the rest of the season. And yeah. uh, they just won't bench them, I'm sure. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. I, I think like there are ways to fix this. Um, I, I just don't know if Ohio State's capable of doing them like based on what we've seen from them so far. I don't yeah, know if I have any faith would, that'll actually happen. Yeah, I would and, assume And not. by the way, the offense should not get off scot-free here either, by the no, way. Like they the, were not able to run the ball consistently at all. And you know, shockingly, when you have four tackles in your own line, all play that position, they can't pull block very well or trap. <laughs> or get to the second level. Or get level. to the secondary. And when you have, yeah. like, a fifth-year senior All-American getting a critical holding penalty in the fourth quarter like, yeah. on, on a, you know, potential game-tying drive, that is, like, a massive deal that really costs you. And it's, it's this one I do think is a little bit more of a schematic issue where the defense, I think, is that none of the coaches know what they're doing. Um, they're saved for Larry Johnson, right? Sure. Um, offensively, I think that the, the schematic issue we have here is that Ryan Day thinks that Urban Meyer is still the head coach. And he has designed his running game entirely around the threat of a quarterback running the football. I don't think it's that he thinks Urban Meyer is a head coach. I mean, I think when you recruit to that personnel for a while and you recruit to that skill set, and like, I mean, there are there is value to that. By the, I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. But like, they have one of the best offenses in college football, yeah. like last year. And I mean, like, there is problems. Don't get me wrong, but like. The zone read threat is still useful in college football as sure. his RPO, post-snap post RPOs. I would disagree that with the idea that he recruits to that. He doesn't. His quarterbacks can't do that. <laughs> He's he, This guy just landed Kyle McCord. And Kyle McCord's Quinn an Ewers. athlete, man. Quinn Ewers runs like, the ball. Like Those I, guys are capable of running the ball well. Why don't we see CJ Stroud do it? That's a great question. <laughs> and I think, I mean, like, I, but here's the thing is, the same thing happened with Dwayne Haskins in 2018 where, like, Dwayne... Yeah, who, had, who could not run. Well, fair yeah. enough. Dwayne could not run at, <laughs> at all. But, like, in the final two or three games of the season, they, like, told him he had to do it. And yeah. he did. Just for, like, two times a game yeah and all of a sudden the running game was magically fixed in the red zone like overnight and like which is like pretty like pretty shocking because if obviously if you're gonna do these like you know mesh handoff concepts mm-hmm. where you're making like a decision point without any actual decision to make or the yeah. quarterback ever keeping it all you're doing is making the handoffs take longer <laughs> which make the plays less successful like, and you're leaving an end unblocked for right, no reason right, exactly. you're not you're not you're not putting that guy in conflict yes. you're just you're trying to tell him that you are so and so either one they make cj keep it or two, get rid of that stuff from the scheme or yeah. three put in a quarterback who will keep it or can keep it because there's yeah. talk that cj's shoulders hurt which is i think not true no um you know that, that it's not going to work that well and i mean and, and for some it's what's baffling to me is like how let this keep happening when you already did a full season of this and learned the yeah. answer to it and you're doing it again? They did it in 2020 for a long for a long time too until Trey Sermon saved their ass. Yeah, but it was a lot of the same issues in 2020 because they didn't want Justin Fields to run. Right, and so I I think that. It's so strange to me that Day specifically has these problems and is, is I would say, lacking in creativity in the running game, just mm-hmm. in general. One, because Kevin Wilson's on the staff, who I think of as being a pretty good run game coordinator. Right. I'm starting to change my view on that. Um, well, Wilson's a zone read guy, too, by, yeah, by trade. Yeah, but it's, it's, and Day has these influences like 
Urban Meyer, who who I would say, at least in, in his heyday, was a creative run game designer, or Chip Kelly, who is still a very creative run game designer. Sure. As we've and, seen this season. Yes, yeah. and, and Ryan Day has like two running plays in his entire playbook, <laughs> and they're both predicated around I don't, just... I, I think we've seen him skip up some good running plays at times. It's just I, I it's would, not consistent enough yeah. the way it should be. And, and I would like to see, honestly, I'd like to see him go away from the two tight end sets because his second tight end sucks. Um, Stover? Yeah, he's yeah, not very good. He's not very good. And, and you have and, the best fucking receivers in America. Yeah, and you could probably, and they figured this out late in 2018 too and haven't done it since, you could probably motion those receivers. And cause sure. some problems with that, which uh, we could we could talk about the Oregon offense. And also, off by of the that. way, your, your fourth receiver is Julian Fleming, a guy who played in the wing tee in high school and is yeah. an ass kicker and run blocking. Yeah, be like, weird. Yeah, weird if that guy could block. Um, yeah, yeah. Crazy. But it's it's they figured that out in 2018 that hey, if we motion Paris Campbell into the backfield, he can serve essentially as that quarterback keep threat mm-hmm. to the boundary and and hold that defensive end in place. It's not that hard. <laughs> a lot of teams are are able to manage. I mean, hell, put a second half back in there. You've got two of them. Sure, you get two really good. Yeah, <laughs> you just might as well just put them both in there, and uh, it's 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 and a we very mean Master Teague and Marcus Crowley. That's right, yeah, Steel Chambers and Xavier Johnson. Um, it's a strange <laughs> malaise that this Ohio State program seems to have in general with its inability to really change anything that it's doing structurally because it seems like Ryan Day is just afraid to hit something with a hammer. It's like watching fucking Congress. Like the, the <laughs> amount of like bureaucracy that goes into Ohio State is insane. Just it's like something that was interesting. I did a story and I don't I'm not gonna I, I am not gonna compare Ryan Day to Mark Helfrich because I don't think that, that is a good I don't think that's fair. No. Um but I did a story this off season and I talked to an Oregon writer who covered Mark Helfrich. I don't I I, I think it was Ryan Thorburn, so shout out to Ryan I guess. Sure. Um sure he's all, yeah all all Ryan's <laughs> Um, but he said something that was very interesting to me this past week in, in thinking about it again, about how Mark Helfrich was absolutely terrified to change anything from the Chip Kelly era. Anything. Yeah. He didn't want to touch anything, right? Because, I mean, it worked under Chip. And so once you start to get your own players and your own guys into a system several years down the road when you when you're taking over for a coach like that, sometimes you've got to renovate, <laughs> you know? the right. like houses programs don't last forever you have to change things sometimes and it it seems like ryan day is just unwilling to make big sweeping changes in any significant way yeah i mean this also is gonna be telling right if if he tries to go back to the same well again or do like something's like just slightly changing yeah it's time it's time to promote parker fleming my god yeah i mean we'll we'll, i'm sure we'll talk this again in the offseason we'll see how the rest of the year goes for Ohio state because again i think these are correctable changes and i think the team is like certainly not like the, I mean, the Josh Proctor injury is massive, but yeah. beyond that, most other things we saw on Saturday are fixable for this team. Like they played like absolute dog shit and still they lost by seven points. Yeah, um, it's a supremely talented team. Right. This is a team that's still absolutely capable of making the playoffs. Yeah, and it, probably losing the first yeah, round. Yeah, whatever happens game. in that playoffs is maybe a different sure. discussion. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think you know even Ohio State expected to win the title every year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we can talk about this at a later point in time. But Ohio State definitely has some things that it needs to fix and and must fix. And if Ryan Day is capable of doing them, then good. And if not, then you know I'll certainly have some takes in the off season. Yeah, I, uh, I would like to give credit also to Oregon briefly. <laughs> yeah, Joe Moore called a great game. Yeah. yeah, this is not an Ohio State podcast. Oregon, I think it's very good. I think that this Oregon. Oregon team is straight up good. I don't think that Anthony Brown is a playoff quarterback. I don't think that he is yeah. especially impressive in any in any meaningful way. I don't know that CJ Verdell is an awesome running back in the way that Ohio yeah, State made him right. look. But Joe Moorhead is still that guy. I don't know. I mean, he 
unlike a lot of offensive coordinators, and this is a silly compliment, but it's one that you have to give in this sport because a lot of coaches don't do this. He took mm. what he was given, right? And he didn't fucking go away from it for no reason. He sure. he didn't try to counter before Ohio State could. He looked at what Ohio State was doing. He attacked it directly. He waited for Ohio State to respond. It never did, and so he just kept doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, exactly what we saw from. Like, I mean, I, again, I hate to keep doing Ohio State shit in this podcast because it's not all of what we do, of course. But um, it's kind of like the 2014 Ohio State team. They just ran the same like nine plays because yeah. no one they played. Yeah, go to ahead. Stop it. So Try I mean, and stop it. <laughs> right. So I mean, and if you can do that, like keep doing it. Why not? Yeah. I can't blame them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't get the sense that like, I think Oregon win the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I, like you said, I don't think they're much of a. They're probably not a playoff team, or they might just have the schedule to get in anyway. Yeah, be like, although I will say, having watched that defense this past week, I think with Kayvon Thibodeau and... and uh, a hell of a defense. Yeah, and Noah Sewell, I think that could be a really good... Or Justin Flo, rather. Like, I, I, like maybe the second or third best in the country yeah, by Georgia. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good defense. Noah Sewell, who was kind of alone as the linebacker this past week, really impressed me. That kid's fucking good. <laughs> yeah, and there were some people who were shockingly saying that, you know, Ohio State was going to try to pick on Sewell to Jeremy Ruckert, yeah. which of course, yeah, great, great they, stuff there. Yeah, they didn't throw the tight end. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have seen that one coming. Yeah, he, uh, they, that defense really impressed me. I think Tim DeRuiter is, is, was obviously not a great head coach when he got his, his shot there, I believe at Fresno State, but, um, it, it looks like a, an improved version of last year's defense, which is what we wanted to see from this Oregon team. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see what it will look like with a fully operational cave on Thibodeau and, and uh, Justin Flo. So now that we are 20 minutes into the podcast, uh-huh. should we get to our second game of the week? <laughs> yeah, another team that you that you care deeply about here, Pitt at Tennessee. Oh, also, by the way, um, we haven't started talking about it yet, but uh, we will talk about Clay Helton getting fired yeah. at USC Whoops. at the end of the uh, uh categories so. yeah once we get to the uh usc game <laughs> yeah, stick, stick around for that gang um second game of the week nominee here pit at tennessee um pit pulls off a, a seven point win this is a very weird game because uh pit had to score to, to win and it mm-hmm. did that which is it strange looked, just like we've always said uh pit is you know you give chance you give pit a chance to beat an sec team they're gonna do it <laughs> yeah exactly um th- Tennessee is not quite as disastrous as I thought it would be. However, however, um, making the starting Joe Milton to open this season rather than than Hendon Hooker is an absolutely baffling decision from from Josh Heupel. I thought Hendon Hooker looked good in this game. I thought he looked full on very good. Um, obviously, it wasn't enough to win the game, but I like what Hendon Hooker brings to this offense. Joe Milton stinks, and he shouldn't see the field again. Yeah, I mean Tennessee had what three turnovers at offense on uh, on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, I mean, like they gave the ball over pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean Joe Milton. I don't think Hendon Hooker was very good either. I think they both kind of just suck. And I think yeah, I, I I think Hendon can can hit short passes though. <laughs> yeah, which they need because they don't have a running game. Yeah. So like they're gonna have to. This is gonna be a team that almost has to throw the ball forty forty five times games like that because yeah. they cannot run that football. Yeah, and and if you're gonna do that. Some of those are going to have to be quick passes, and Joe Milton just doesn't hit those in any in any meaningful. No, way. definitely not his thing. Um, and I, I think mean, I think Hendon Hooker's processing is better. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think Tennessee probably finishes below five hundred. Yeah, um, I, I would certainly agree with that. Yeah, I, I think the fact that they play Mizzou and Kentucky on the road is not going to help them. Like if they get mm-hmm. those teams at home, they might be able to win one of them. Um, yeah, but. You ain't gonna. Yeah, I think Kentucky, this is such a mean thing to say, I think Kentucky is just a better version of Pitt. And so, like, that's, I mean, I don't know what Tennessee's gonna, I mean, Kentucky's defense is probably better than Pitt's, and I think the offense is certainly better. Right. I mean, Pitt, although, I mean, Pitt's just my coast to, like, an easy start here, I think. Yeah. 
They don't play anyone with a pulse until Virginia Tech in week five. Mm-hmm. And I'm not convinced Virginia Tech has that much of a pulse. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do, unfortunately, get Virginia Tech on the road, Clemson at home, Miami at home in a three-game stretch, which is not what you want if you're Pitt. That's three wins right there. Yeah, but uh, they will probably start out 5-0. and oh, uh, There so you go. Good for them. I'm sure that they'll jump to 16th in the AP poll, and nobody will think anything of it, and then mm-hmm. they will they will go 5-3, and three and everybody love will that. Yeah, wonder what's going on. That classic ACC bump. We do love that. All right, next up, Jacksonville State at Florida State. Man, this game rocked, What dude. the hell is going on Let's out go. there? Let's go. Shout out to Zarek Cooper, dude. <laughs> Uh, we he love rocks. Yeah. He, he's. I remember liking him during the uh, the spring season because he throws really weird. Yes. <laughs> he's got like he has a deeply fucked up throwing motion, and I really like. And that. he completed less, if I recall correctly, less than half of his passes. And he completed like. I, yeah, I'm looking here, seventeen thirty eight. <laughs> so he he had, he had the Fetty Wap line. Let's go. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And shout out to uh, Florida State, who somehow were worse passing and averaged three point nine yards yeah. per attempt. Yeah, they threw thirty four passes for one hundred and thirty four, uh, one hundred thirty three yards the night. A spirited showing here from Jordan Travis, <laughs> zero for three. <laughs> yeah, I mean Mackenzie Melton started to lead a comeback, uh, which you'll, you'll see this in another category later on, I believe. Because yeah. Of that. Um, but uh, yeah, or not a comeback rather. They try to keep him in the game. But, yeah. Um, this. Yeah, I mean Jacksonville State. That final play too was what? How long was that uh, touchdown pass? It was fifty nine yards for a touchdown. Against, time expired against what was not two men under. Despite what Mike Norvell is trying to tell you, it was yeah. absolutely not two men under. I believe it was cover one robber from what I've seen, Incredible. which is an insane call on that play. Yeah, I mean, look, Norvell's. I, I don't. I might have to, but here's the thing: is like Norvell can't. I'm sorry, Florida State rather just cannot keep firing coaches for two it can't, years. It can't afford to do it. Like yeah. the buyouts are too expensive. <laughs> They're going to have to keep him around for next season, too. And yeah. I mean, God damn, this team sucks. Yeah. Um, Florida State's terrible. Like, this is a... We've seen a lot of collapses from power programs in the past. Yeah. This is, like, worse than Nebraska's collapse, this, almost. It, it, it feels like if... if... <sighs> It feels like if Michigan had hired Brady Hoke again after hiring Brady Hoke, and then it hired him a third time. Yes, right. Like this is it's it is it's so hapless in such a weird way. Like the you the the stats of this game are baffling because once again the the rushing attack I thought was pretty good. <laughs> you know, right. like like you you've got I like Jay Sean Corbin. Yeah, like Jay Sean Corbin, fifteen carries, one hundred and nine yards, and a touchdown. That's not bad at all. It's and, also so funny to nearly beat Notre Dame than lose to Jacksonville State. By the way. We're, we're going to have a discussion about Notre Dame in a little bit. Hmm, I think Notre sure Dame. Are. I think Notre Dame might also be full on bad. We are um, putting Marcus Freeman on notice. Yeah, yeah. He. I think that he should be fired, and that he should just you know maybe make his way to to Columbus as, as an a analyst. linebackers yeah. coach. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk um, about it. But the 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 rushing game I think is pretty good, and then you have this this pass protection is awful like mm-hmm. I, like Mackenzie Milton's on the ground every single play it's terrible do you know how bad I think Florida State is Patrick how bad I'm like pretty confident that I'm gonna bet on Louisville to beat them oh <laughs> <laughs> oh man that is a down bad state to be in yeah you, uh, I, Florida or Kentucky that's a terrible state to be in Hmm, pretty funny. <laughs> uh, that was all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, um, yeah. Okay. I mean, going forward, we got Utah at BYU. This this was a rock fight. Uh, I, I have this on here as a potential game of the week because it was a rock fight, as it always is. And BYU finally beats Utah, which is a, a really cool thing for that program. Yeah, um, and this is, by the way, the first time on record, uh, you know, any Mormons have thrown rocks at somebody. We've never seen them do that before. <laughs> Certainly not a... Uh, Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Another good one. Um, BYU, I think, is still good, which is weird after losing all of its players. I, 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 yeah. 
I think that we were, I, I say we, the general, we were kind of unfair to Kalani Satake when he started this job and, and struggled his first couple of years because it seems like he's just good. It's, Me and him are boys. We're, we're good. Yeah, it, it seems like he's just good and that this program is just good in general. It has good players. It is cycling through good players. I don't know how good this Utah team is. Um, it, it seems like... Uh, seems like Charlie Brewer's maybe not the guy at quarterback, as he mm-hmm. also wasn't at Baylor. But that doesn't usually matter a whole lot at Utah. It's kind of weird if it suddenly does here. But the the BYU defense, I thought, was really good. The rushing attack is still pretty strong with Tyler Algier, who didn't have a great game in terms of average. Yeah. But he gets three yards every single carry. And if you do that every play, then you're going to win the game. And Jaron Hall runs away from guys pretty well on the path, like yeah. as a scrambler, too. Yeah, I, I, like, mean, I like him a lot more after this week than I did last they're week. They're 2-0 and winning both games the exact same way against uh Pac-12 South teams which yeah. like he hasn't thrown for more than 200 yards in a game yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like this this BYU team cannot pass at all, mm-hmm. which is so funny after last season. Um but also no one can really score on them that well, so like I I don't know I I, I don't see shit who else is going to beat them this year. Like they, I think they yeah. play Arizona State this week, which will be an interesting game and I, I mean Arizona State is Prone I think, to some fuck ups. Yeah, I think uh, Arizona State will probably beat them, but but BYU really does sort of just bring a hammer to the game. And yeah. I mean, go ahead, go ahead and fight the guy with the hammer. <laughs> right. I mean, they they might just like accidentally end up at like ten and two, nine and yeah. three this year without being very good. Really, that's it's a really impressive <laughs> coaching job that they've had here yeah. to to transform their entire identity in in one off season back to what it was before. The thing that really stood out to me here in looking at the stats. Um, Utah two of nine on third down, which is <laughs> that's I mean credit to the BYU defense. BYU also I believe didn't register a sack here, so it 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 held Utah to seventeen points and two of nine on third down without really much of a pass rush. Um, yeah. the I think this this defense is just really good. I think it's just a really good defense. I, I can't say that I know how to pronounce uh, BYU's defensive coordinator's name, but yeah. I will be forwarding his resume to Ryan Day momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, have you seen this? Have you, have you heard of this, you, uh, folks? Have we uh, have we seen this? Have we heard about this? Um, last game here. Speaking of defensive coordinators, who Ohio State fans were ready to hire on Saturday, <laughs> uh, Phil Parker and Iowa get well, the job done. Well, well, yeah, well, it's, well. Um, look what we have here. It is Another <laughs> fucking Matt Campbell fuck up when he has to play a good team. I'm so shocked. This uh, dude can't beat Iowa. Yeah, he can't beat Iowa. Grown ass man can't beat Iowa. I am, I, admittedly, I am not entirely sure how much of this is on Campbell or the game planning and how much of it is on. Um, and he did recruit Brock Purdy, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Brock Purdy had three interceptions. This, uh, again, Brock like, Purdy, people have been calling Brock Purdy an NFL quarterback for two or three years now. Yeah. This guy's a fucking bum. He's never been good. Yeah, I mean, David David Shaw is in the end. Or, or not uh, Dave, who's the guy from Stanford, not David Shaw? Who just oh, fucking Davis played? Mills. Davis Mills is in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it does, it's not that hard. I don't think. <laughs> um, who is the dude from? Uh, God, what the fuck was his name? The dude who transferred out of Pitt, who was uh, the quarterback for Dallas last year. Uh, Nate Peter. Or, uh, ben Denucci. Ben Denucci. Ben That's out. right. Yeah, he played there. He's a yeah. Pine Richland legend. Ben Denucci. King. Um, yeah, I mean they're letting Ben Roethlisberger play in the NFL. It, uh, it doesn't uh, take. It doesn't take that much, folks. <laughs> pretty, pretty, good, <laughs> pretty good stuff. I mean, um, listen, folks. <laughs> yeah, I mean Brock Purdy sucks, and also the Brees Hall is just like a slightly worse David Montgomery. Yeah, I mean he uh, just he's just not very good. He's fine. Yeah, <laughs> this, stop letting the lying fake news media tell you that Iowa State's going to be good each year. I've, Iowa State beats teams that aren't Iowa. Yeah, because those teams suck and are coached by Lincoln Riley. But. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean they're a good football team. I think that Iowa State is 
the, watching this game, my my primary takeaway was as it was coming in that Iowa does the thing that Iowa State does just better. It's it's mm-hmm. been doing it for longer. It's better at it. Iowa turns every game into an Iowa game just in right. the way that Iowa State does with Big Twelve opponents, and that's I think it's still going to work in the Big Twelve. I think Iowa State's probably still going to be ten and two. It's yeah. just that Iowa's a better version of that, and when the two meet, it's just going to go to the team that does it better. Yeah. Also, man, I am really excited for that Iowa-Penn State game in Kinnick in October. That's going to be good. I won't say I'm excited for it. I'm interested in it. I don't think that I'm going to enjoy watching it, having watched this Iowa team twice now. I, I think that all of their games are going to be kind of this. I mean, Spencer Petras, 11 of 21 for 106. Tyler Goodson, 20, cool, 21 carries for 55 yards. I Like, this offense is fucking terrible. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and, and Penn State's, we... we I mean, we know damn well what Penn State's offense is. Yeah. Um, that game is going to be like six to three. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you're not. I don't understand where you're getting to the part where you don't like this. I'm still waiting to hear the. I think, the, we, have, uh, the I think we have different tastes here. Um, all right, game of the week. What is your uh, What is your pick here? Uh, for sheer entertainment value, I am voting for Jacksonville State at FSU. I think my pick is probably Oregon Ohio State in terms hmm. of quality. I enjoyed watching you it. Trade me once it was, again. It was, it was a fun game to watch. I liked watching the Oregon game plan against a, a more talented team. Um, I, I don't really have I don't really have a, a preference between the two. Um, all we, right, well, co-game co- of the week, yeah. yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we will move now to the, uh, now that we're 30 minutes into the show, we will move to the second segment here. People know what um, they're here for. Yeah, these are the You Blew It nominees. You Blew It! First up here, NC State. This is going to be the pick, right? We can just all agree on this at the top. Uh, yeah. NC State really fucked us over here. Man. We were rooting for you. You blew it. Um, you absolutely fucking, you know, shit in our dreams. What the hell? Yeah, what's well, not good, man? I mean, yeah, I you don't know lost what to, to say. You just lost to Mike Leach. It's not what we expected. I mean, they ran for 32 yards on 25 carries. What the fuck? Yeah, it just sucks. Like, hey Tim, bro, what are we doing out here? The O line was terrible. Oh There's just nothing God. else. No other way yeah, to phrase De- it. Devin Leary, I don't think played poorly. 30 of 49 for 300 yards and yeah. a touchdown. He, he had an interception. He couldn't run the ball at all. But, but I mean, like you know, yeah. at the end of the day, like if your running backs aren't running the ball, you can't expect a quarterback to either. Yeah, this. I mean, <laughs> just. The receivers, I think, are still good. I really like these receivers. Um, defense is losing Peyton Wilson for the season. If mm, if I if I saw correctly, which yeah. does suck very badly. And they did have um, three turnovers though in the offense. Yeah, they threw yeah. Uh, what threw two picks and was it two? I only saw it as one pick. It might have been two. Uh, Jalen um, Green for oh, three pitch interception. Ricky, it looks like Ricky Person threw an interception. <laughs> Huh? Oh, did he? Uh, I didn't watch this game live. I'll be honest. Yeah, with you. Uh, I, uh, if the box score is to believe is to yeah. be believed, um, and Van Knight also lost the fumble. Love which, that. Which yeah. you hate to see. Yeah, and and that's for my fantasy team. You can't really do that for uh, against Mississippi State, who also didn't play well. Mississippi right. State three of thirteen on third downs, um, only had fifteen first downs. Really isn't. It's not very good. Mississippi no. State's not very good, and you can't you can't let them do this to you. Um, the yeah the NC State line was the issue here, which is just baffling because I don't think that the Mississippi State defensive front is especially good. Nope. Um, I'm I'm troubled by this. Yeah, well, it looks like we got fucked over again, so might as well just move on. All right, Tulsa <laughs> at Oklahoma State. We were less rooting for Tulsa here and more against yeah, this Oklahoma State. This is a State. Patrick special. I will be uh, um, abstaining from any you. Don't there. you don't like Mike Gundy? What, yeah, I just didn't care about this game at all. Well, no, but you only cared about one game this weekend, and when it went wrong, you stopped watching. <laughs> That's pretty much true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to see Tulsa win, I guess, but I, yeah, to me. 
you can't blow it if I never thought you were good. No, I mean Tulsa, <laughs> Tulsa's not good, but but Oklahoma State also isn't good. Um, Tulsa nearly comes all the way back here. Was was trailing. 28-17 with five minutes left, cuts it down 28-23, just couldn't get off the field again. Um, this Oklahoma State team is bad. I'm, I'm going yeah, to... Yeah, this Oklahoma State team is not good. I think that we are, if not already there, I think we are rapidly, rapidly approaching late-stage Gundy, where like mm-hmm. Oklahoma State maybe needs to move on before it gets bad, like really bad, um, because this passing attack is... is anemic it's really bad the running game is is there's nothing to speak of um defense isn't very good it's just this is a bad program it's a really bad program (laughs) yeah i mean they kind of like their whole thing has just stopped working right they haven't innovated at all they don't really do anything they don't recruit well like there's just not much to say for oklahoma state like like they don't really develop pros that well either like there's just really nothing to i can say they do a good job of well and it's not like the big 12 is about to add four new programs and maybe now would be a good time to jump up if you're oklahoma state and become the new cream of the crop there who do you Um, hire I, it, it probably just somebody else who has new ideas. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, like guy, off the top of my head, I don't know if I have a, an obvious pick. But we'll, we'll get to this offseason, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, just somebody else, man. Somebody who has different ideas that isn't so committed to this offense because yeah. it just it doesn't work in 2021. Um, next up, Toledo at Notre Dame. Toledo fucking blew it. Yeah, well, I got to be honest here. I think if you play this game out like 10 times, Toledo probably loses nine of them. Sure. Uh, it, it almost won this one, though. Right, that's that's right. the issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Notre Dame had, what, four or five turnovers this game, and uh, just really could like, Toledo could not do shit with it. Yeah. Um, their offense, I'd say, was just not really there. Yeah. Um, Carter Bradley played pretty well quarterback for them, I thought, uh, and Brian Kobach ran the ball well, but yeah, I, I think this, couldn't finish drives. It, this is a... Um, this is a Jason Candle special here. Like Toledo had a lead with I think a minute and a half left, mm-hmm. and just it, Notre Dame scored. This is obscene, and and people were watching this live, and I was in the press box watching this as it was happening. Um, Toledo scores to take the lead, twenty nine twenty four, with a minute thirty five left. Notre Dame scores to take the lead back with a minute nine left. Yeah, that's bad. Fifteen game seconds. That's bad. Or uh, twenty five game seconds. That's really bad. That's really, really unbelievably bad. Yeah. You, you let them all the way down the field in 25 seconds? <laughs> Here's what I will say from your team. Even though they're obviously pretty pissed off, they lost this game and their defense sucks. Yeah. Um, you have to say, like, I think, like, Jack Cohn battled back for that touchdown with a dislocated finger. Yeah. Tyler Bookner was, like, pretty good. Yeah, three of three for 78 and a touchdown, man. And he and also then, had seven carries for yeah. 68 yards. And you put... You put Jack Cohn back in the game, guys. Yeah. By the way, I told you this got to be good. I, I didn't want to say you argued about this. I yeah. didn't say I liked him. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a little leprechaun, but uh, he fits there. <laughs> <laughs> I like the kid. Um, you know who I don't like? Hmm. Uh, Michael Mayer, who stinks. Get him out of my face. Yeah, fair. I mean, he had I'm, seven I'm, catches for 81 yards and two touchdowns. I'm done with this kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of looking at him. Okay. Man is averaging 11.6 yards per catch in a game against Toledo. What are we doing here? This guy's six foot seven. I don't think he's the problem. <laughs> I don't think the guy who caught two touchdowns is the problem for, yeah, for Notre Dame. He should have caught three. That's all yeah. I have to say. Yeah. These Toledo linebackers are not good enough for him to be catching seven passes. That's, that's true. <laughs> all right. Next up, App State at Miami. Another team that, that very, very nearly pulled it off and then just fell apart at the end of the game. Um, we came into this 
kind of wondering how legitimate Chase Bryce is. I'm leaving thinking not very, and <laughs> App State still almost won the game. Yeah. Um, I think Miami is is in a similar boat to Notre Dame, where it uh, stinks. I think it stinks in a in a bad way. Yeah, I gotta say, I was completely wrong about Miami. I thought they'd be pretty good. I did and, too. Uh, they just re- they can't throw the ball. Like I, I don't think they have any receivers. Like that, yeah. that's the biggest issue. Like I don't think Derek King suddenly got bad. No. I think their receivers just suck. Yeah, these guys, and I, I I had this as a concern coming into the season that I don't think Mike Harley can catch the ball. I don't think Charleston Rambo can catch the ball, and here we are. They can't catch the ball. Um, it's a hard thing to learn how to do when you can't do it early on, mm-hmm. um, and they just don't know how to do it. I, I think the Miami rushing attack is, is suffering because of it and should be quite a bit better than it is. Um, that's even with Cameron Harris averaging 5.1 yards attempt to per, per attempt in this game. I, it's just this I, I, offense feels stale to me because it can't pass the ball. And I think the explanation here, too, for how you can tell is the fact that, you know, I mean, Dara King, who still has like, it's clearly not 100% with his legs, had yeah. 19 carries. Like, you were not asking an injured quarterback to run the ball that much if you trust your receiver yeah. at all. And, and somebody here who's just listed as D. Cheney Jr., so I'm assuming that this is Dick Cheney Jr., rushed four times for 21 yards. It's Donald Cheney Jr., buddy. Uh, it's Dick Cheney Jr. It's Donald Burns Jr. <laughs> this is Donald Rumsfeld Jr., <laughs> carried, carried four times. Um, uh, our last game is Stanford at USC. Real quick, on oh, just on the App State game, I, w- I will say. Um, Cam Sutton, man, that's tough. That's a tough look. Did you see the last possession here? I don't watch this game. Cam Sutton had three drops on the last possession oh, that man. were just right in his hands, buddy. And uh, brother, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta nab one of those. I think we're certainly looking into that. All right, Stanford USC. Um, do you want to do the the uh, the Helton talk now? Do you want to have the help um, and talk with our kids? I was thinking we might kids? as well just off at the end of the pod and just over the game real quick. Sure. So Stanford 42, USC 28. Um, Ryan, I have, I have really bad news, and I know that this is especially harmful for you. Um, USC's wide receivers are terrible. I still think Drake London's good. Yeah. It's just that the rest of them aren't. Mm, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, it turns out, like, you know, suspending, like, nine guys is not what you want for your receiver room. Yeah, I think also Keaton Slovis, mm, maybe time to sell some stock in Keaton Slovis. I think, like, I, uh, look, how many teams across the country are we seeing with just, like, the, when they're when you only run pure air raid with nothing else with it, Yeah, it's just not working anymore. No, it doesn't work like, anymore. Like, this baseline air raid that Graham Harrell's running has just, like, clearly hit a wall. Yeah. And most coaches who have air raid principles in their offense are adapting around the country. Sure. And guys like Mike Leach and Graham Harrell and a few other just traditionalists will not change it. Mm-hmm. And they're not winning games anymore. Yeah, it's, it is. I think Keaton Slovis is a... I will say limited quarterback. I think he is. I think that his processing is really shitty. Mm. Um, that could be a large result of the offense. I think it absolutely is a possibility that it is. I don't like him all that much. Yeah. I, I think that he would be better in a system that wasn't so deeply stupid. I think he has moxie and guts. I think sure. he's deceptively quick. Okay. <laughs> and I think that he's a real coach's son's kind of quarterback. Uh-huh. And- they got to keep him around. Um, I think that he is a limited quarterback in a, in a limiting system, which is a bad combination. Yes. Um, especially because I don't think it fits him especially well. I mean, come on, losing to fucking David Shaw in this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll you know. talk about Stanford a little bit here. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what the this fuck is, is happening with Stanford? What a silly little program. Tanner McKee, 16 of 23 for 234 and two touchdowns. He was awesome. He how was are, really good. How are all of their running backs, by the way, so little, but are always just you know getting yards? Also, some very funny averages here. Um, 
this for the Stanford running backs. 19.2 yards per carry. 1.3, 1. 1.8, 2.5, 0.6, 2.0. My God. <laughs> also, I'm just realizing that Elijah Higgins is still in college. Which, uh-huh. How the fuck is this guy? Yeah. He's only a junior? That's fucked up. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> What class was he in? It feels like he was a 2016 guy. That's what I thought, too. Um, they're Man. saying his freshman year was 2019. That can't be correct. That is, that is devastating. I am, uh, I'm I'm heading to 24-7 instead of the yeah, old I, Stanford uh, website. I don't know what's... There were a couple kids... Like, the 2016 receiver class always felt like this to me, where there was a bunch of guys who were just bouncing around forever. Yeah, we're just wrong. This guy graduated 2019. Yeah. Just, huh. Very strange. Very strange seems, guy. Seems incorrect, and I think we'll be looking into this I more. think that the 2019 class has the same sort of weirdness to it that the 2016 class did. Where yeah. It felt like those guys were just there forever, right? Um, I think that, like, five years from now, we'll be, we'll be looking at Ohio State's roster, and we'll be talking about returning senior starter uh, at safety, Bryson Shaw. I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> is this guy still on campus? We sure won't be saying that, Patrick, uh-huh. because I would be going, quote-unquote, John Hinckley mode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. All right, uh, um, let's take a... Oh, we should vote on that on this real quick. It's NC State. It's NC State, yeah. yeah. come on, guys. And then uh, let's take a quick little break before our next uh, next category, which is got to be a little quicker than that. Oh, you almost had it. You got to be quicker than that. All right, back now. Got to be a little bit quicker than that. Nominees here. First up... Um, Western Kentucky at Army here. Western Kentucky was down 35-14 with 10 minutes left to go in this game. Cut it all the way down to a score at 38-20 or 35-28 with four minutes left. Surrendered a field goal. Nabbed a meaningless touchdown. Could not get Army's offense off the field, which yeah. is a, a common experience, I will say. If Everyone were. fucking hates Army. Dude. Everybody absolutely hates Army. We're going to talk about this a little bit later on in a uh, in another segment, but um, it's it is a it, it seems like maybe the worst possible thing to have to play Army. Like I would I would rather just I, I'm telling coaches that I'm not feeling well that week because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to play Army. Army, man, this yeah, team. Yeah, no, is, I have to some homework. I have to get done. Yeah, it's uh, this is just a, this is a, a a a miserable, miserable army team to have to play against. I I uh, mm-hmm. I would not recommend it. I think that we have good army this year. Like this, this looks to me like a good army team. I think that Christian Anderson, the quarterback, is very good. Um, Western Kentucky, I'm I'm a little weirded out by just in general because they're trying to transplant an entire team into their offense in the Houston Baptist system. Um, I'm not sure how well that's going to work, but I, I think that I think this is just good army. And uh, Western Kentucky was very frustrated after the game, as we will talk about in a little bit. Next up, one that is close to your heart: Oregon at Ohio State. Ohio State down 35-21 with 10 minutes left, cuts it to seven, can't score again. The only time the defense got stops all game, and uh, yeah, the offense just shut down. Yeah, I think the one we didn't talk about was uh, the one part of this game we probably didn't talk about was that CJ Stroud interception, which everyone was like, oh, you know, he's a young quarterback, only with yeah. one interception is. Fuck that! That was a fucking terrible play. It, it was a stupid throw. He One did of the have dumbest like, things. He did have like twenty seconds left in the game, if memory serves. It was it was not very much time left. Yeah. I don't think. And and um, uh, it was like two and a half minutes. Was almost it? three minutes. Yeah, there was a uh, two. There was two fifty left in the game. That happened. Okay. Did, I don't think they had any more timeouts though, and they weren't going to get the ball down the field. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a third down play. Like I, I think, first of all, bad play call to only go for all nothing plays there, yeah. and uh, second. Even if that's all you have, you can't like turn the one thing you cannot do sure. is turn the ball over there. But yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 
it was weird on those last two series, right? We won't talk about this game for another 10 minutes, but it was weird on those last two series that the offensive line, which I thought was good in pass protection all game, suddenly just completely collapsed. (laughs) It's just like Paris Johnson stopped playing football just forgot yeah. how to do it Thayer um, Munford critical holding yeah terrible yeah. terrible hold um, yeah, they just do it, at all. it was like the offensive line we just gave up it's like okay we're done and, mean, and look every single season this O-line is <laughs> better on paper than it is in the field because Greg Sudra was a mediocre coach but sure besides the point anyway um yeah uh probably was, should have scored there that's probably that, should yeah. have scored Probably should be starting Quinn Ewers next year, or maybe this year. <laughs> maybe next game. Maybe next um, game. Duquesne at Ohio here. Ohio was down 25-13 to start the fourth quarter. Cuts it to 28-26. Doesn't get the two-point the two point conversion try. Loses to a, a, a not-very-good FCS yeah, team. this coach sucks, dude. Yeah, this Tim, guy's a bum. I'm, I'm starting to fear that Tim Albin perhaps is not the man that we thought he was. <laughs> it's, it's, that we thought he was? <laughs> the general we. You the, know. the mainstream Ohio media. <laughs> it's really, really strange that the guy who never had a good offense as the OC suddenly does not have a good offense as the head coach either. Yeah. No way to predict this could have possibly happened. I, I just can't believe no one thought this ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, Kent State is going to win the MAC. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, when will Ohio, they? No, okay. In the next uh, two games, Ohio goes on the road to Louisiana and then Northwestern. So they're not winning anytime this month. Louisiana, man, we're, we don't have them on this list. Louisiana has. Uh, kind of looked like shit their first two games because Texas uh, we're going to talk about in a few minutes yeah um, and then it, it almost doesn't almost lose to Nichols but doesn't look exactly impressive against Nichols but Ohio State's obviously not going to beat Louisiana um, Arkansas State at Memphis 48-30 Memphis with 11:37 left Arkansas State scores 20 in the final frame but comes up five points yeah, short Memphis has some problems dude yeah yeah um, I believe Memphis is starting a freshman quarterback who looked pretty good to his credit scored 417 yards and yeah. five touchdowns yeah that's yeah. not too shabby but uh arkansas state is weirdly plucky in year one of of uh our favorite guy butch jones but <laughs> they also by the way memphis also has a freshman running back too yeah uh, who's from arkansas uh, yeah the he the, had 191 uh, yards and 18 carries it seems like the offense is maybe not the issue here for for memphis surprising um, that's never the case. I, I believe james blackman is the quarterback at arkansas state the uh, uh, let's the, the, the Florida like State right yeah I, the the Florida State transfer so the other guy's Lane Hatcher too you yeah, Lane Hatcher yeah, yeah. I, I like Lane Hatcher I don't really know what happened I admittedly I have not watched this game I don't know why both of them played um like significant minutes like I, a lot of throws yeah like Jesus a lot of Christ. throws I don't really know what Bush Jones is up to down there Keith Heckendorf the uh, offensive coordinator made up name has been doing this forever where he rotates two quarterbacks and yeah. throws the shit out of the ball so maybe he's just still doing that but yeah. Yeah. um yeah kind of a I mean Arkansas State a little bit better than I thought it would be early on in the Bush Jones era there were this is a pretty cool stat here there were uh 99 pass attempts for 999 yards in this game <laughs> Holy shit. That's a lot of fucking bouncing off. That's offense. a lot of yards, guys. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, all right, last one here. Stephen F. Austin at Texas Tech. Stephen F. Austin trailed 21-13, entering the fourth quarter, cut it down to 28-22 with seven minutes left, couldn't score again. This one's on here because, man, oh, man, Texas Tech sucks really bad. Oh, these guys are terrible. These guys are really bad, which by proxy means that Houston might be the worst team in America. <laughs> this is... These guys are really bad. Tyler Shuck is really not good at much of anything. There's no running game. Um, 
seeing how early some of these other teams are getting uh, getting a move on for the the, the coaching cycle, mm-hmm. I think Texas Tech maybe should call it a day and uh, try to get Jeff Trailer on the phone as fast as it can. <laughs> They're certainly looking into something. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I think he's just about. I mean, it's obvious he's not the guy. I think it's pretty clear right now. We'll see what they do the rest of the season if they can manage to hang on to go like five hundred or something and. If anyone cares, that's the case. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, the I can feel it deep down in my plums. And we have to vote on someone do to we, win this. Do we have a pick here? Um, I think it's probably the most entertaining of these games. Is probably Arkansas State Memphis. Arkansas yeah. State Memphis, right? Yeah, that's fine. Sure, surely for those passing numbers again, ninety-nine pass attempts for nine hundred ninety-nine yards combined. Yeah. That kicks ass, dude. Yeah, that's good. All right, the I can feel it down in my plums nominees here. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. With a light blue hue to them, fresh and juicy, ready for the picking. Utah at BYU, uh, which is, as I mentioned earlier, a rock fight. Uh, it, this is this is uh, one of the more angry rivalries in college football. Like these guys are just after every single play, there's some sort of fight breaking out. They legitimately do not like each other, which is always very fun. Um, Western Kentucky at Army, which I believe had a coach fight. At the end of the game, <laughs> I, we are hearing that. Yes, um, hmm. which is it's always very. We love folks. We love to fight the troops on nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Western Kentucky uh, players reportedly said during halftime they were going Muhammad Atta mode. Yeah, it was actually it was heard that Western Kentucky's players were dancing on the other side of New York and <laughs> you know jumping up and down. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, last one here. Texas at Arkansas. Here's our chance to talk about Texas. Um, holy, These guys fucking suck. Holy shit. Um, Frauds. <laughs> Arkansas. How do they do it every year? It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. They really are just able to convince us. Even like... People who are like fully invested in college football, yeah. who know not to be, believe Texas is back, inevitably, myself included, will do it every year. Oh, like man. they look really fucking good week one, yeah. and they look really fucking bad week two. Yeah, the Arkansas Texas not even that good. Like they have some good players. But I I kind of like this Arkansas team, especially if KJ Jefferson's playing like that. Yeah, but they're like best case scenario. What the fourth best team in the SEC yeah, it's West? Like seven and five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, if they can beat Auburn. Well, like, and the good news is that Texas isn't joining the SEC or anything I'm like sure, that. Sure, right. <laughs> nice little preview here. Um, yeah, I mean, here Texas, you get to see what your future is, um, folks. Reportedly, we're hearing Tom Herman is saying that money is the root of all evil. That's mm-hmm. what his opinion is. Yeah, um, this uh, Hudson card really, really bad. Really, really unbelievably bad. Yeah. Um, the Texas run defense eight of fifteen for sixty-one yards. Is that good? No. No. A Steve Sarkeesian offense threw for 118 yards in the day. Steve Sarkeesian got absolutely pantsed here by Barry yeah. Odom. Barry Odom put that man in a trash can. You might say he was, like, blacked out on pills or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would say that specifically. But, uh, just, an, just an analogy. Just an analogy, Patrick. Uh, but Barry Odom, he, uh, he he took this man out of the club and threw him onto the ground. Yeah. This was B- a, and also, Bijan Robinson, by the way, 19 carries for 69 yards. Didn't yeah. exactly look like the fucking world beater everyone yeah. thought the, after week one. There was an interesting video after the game of Hunter Juracek, or Juracek the uh, the 
Arkansas athletic director mm-hmm. talking to someone and saying, I knew we were going to beat them, but I didn't know it'd be by, by this much, which, <laughs> which makes me makes me wonder what Arkansas's con- conversations were coming into this game, like what the game planning looked like, because it really did seem like Arkansas was pretty confident in its ability to just absolutely pant this Texas team. Pretty funny. Um, I do believe I, I said on our last show that it, it or on our last review that it kind of felt like Sark was putting together the offense with a bunch of kind of weird parts that don't really fit together and he had just sort of taped it all together and it, it works pretty well against Louisiana. Yeah. Um and then it ran into Barry Odom, who could see right through that and and sort of just punched right through that popsicle stand. Um We love that. We do love that. Uh Hudson Card has been benched also. <laughs> yeah, except week. I gotta pull up the exact quote here, which I'm looking up right now. It was a it but, was a deeply weird quote. Yeah, hang on. Um uh, but Steve Sarkisian basically said that like Hudson Card's still going to be playing a bunch. He's not fully benched, just kind of benched or whatever. Sure. He said, here, uh, uh, he said I think it'll be good for Hudson to take a little bit of a deep breath after last week's game. He'll <laughs> 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 still also play. Um, uh, really funny. We're going to have Hudson sit in front of the fan and drink some water for a while. He's He's got a cool off. <laughs> we're, we're, quote, uh, according to Steve Sarkisian, Hudson Card just got a little bit too drunk. We'll give him a few lines to sober him up is what he's saying. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is tough. This is a tough look for Texas. I I think Casey Thompson did legitimately look better. How much of that was just that Arkansas prepared for a different quarterback is right to be uh, to be debated. Who does Texas have next? Do you know? Uh, that's a great question. I'll be looking up right I'm, now. I'm going to guess that it's a nobody. Um, just based on how I would assume their schedule breaks down. Um, you're going to tell me it's like Oklahoma or something. But, uh, they play Rice, then Texas Tech, yeah. and they go on the road to TCU, then they have Red River. Okay, so we won't know until the TCU game, I don't think. Um, yeah. Which even then, maybe not. But uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what's the pick here? I, I think guess, I think anytime you fight the troops, that's got to be the pick, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. We got to give a shout out to them for that. Yeah. Um, we do love fighting the troops. We do love fighting the troops. Um, all right, next up here, last category, the throwback game of the week, brought, brought to you, you by Quaaludes. Yeah, brought to you by Quaaludes. <laughs> um, There's nothing like a fucking Quaalude. <laughs> So there are there are some uh, some real humdingers in here. I think. Um, yeah, we, so let's let's just uh, the one we've already talked about is Iowa Iowa State. I think we all know how bad this was. Yeah, this is dog shit. We this don't have to get is, back into that at all. This is awful. The one that kind of surprised me, and I, I think probably surprised both of us, and yeah. was nearly a candidate that would have gone worse for the you blew it game of the week is A uh, and M only winning ten seven uh, to beat Colorado on the road. Uh, and they had scored what like in their final or was it second to last drive to win the game? Yeah, second to last drive they yeah. scored with two minutes and fifty one seconds left to uh, for the first offensive touchdown on their end of the game. Yeah, yeah, this was and like not having Haynes King obviously seriously damaged the Texas A and M offense. It seems like he's out for quite some time. Um, not good. Zach Calzada looked bad. Eighteen yeah. of thirty eight for one hundred eighty three yards, average less than five yards an attempt. Just out of uh, out of curiosity here, I'm going to look up when Texas A and M plays Alabama because I have a feeling that's not going to go especially well oh it's October 9th that's bad that's bad news well we'll certainly be looking into it we have, we have no clue what's going on yet I think it's a little premature to judge and by the way we also should not look at that Arkansas game on September 25th we'll just won't be no, talking about that again at all no we shouldn't think about that at all um, Indiana State at Northwestern this is on here because man oh man is this Northwestern team not good woo buddy yeah these um, guys suck these guys are not good 24 to 6 
Um, man, I, <laughs> I, I think that this is a little bit of Northwestern kind of taking its foot off the gas, scored 14 points in the first quarter and then didn't really think about doing it again until the end of the game. Uh-huh. Um, rushing attack wasn't awful. Uh, Evan Hall had 22 carries for 126 yards. Hunter Johnson, nine of 16 for 66 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then Indiana State's running attack. Have you seen this yet? The stats? Uh, no. <laughs> um, top rusher, three carries, 13 yards. Sorry, Patrick, I'm getting some breaking news, and I have to read to you live sure. on the air right okay. now. Um, we've just received the following tweet in from Nikki Minaj. Okay. She says, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. Uh-huh. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision. Not bullied. <laughs> I just wanted to read that live in the air real quick Thank for you. you. Um, uh, speaking of impotent, uh, Indiana State, <laughs> eight carries, ten yards for the second rest rusher. Um, boy, oh boy, this is bad. This is really bad. I know somebody who was at this game. So shout out to Ben who suffered through four hours of truly despicable football. Um, mm-hmm. Folks, we need, now more than ever, we need to activate Boys Town Pat Fitzgerald. We need to figure out what his sleeper agent code is. Speaking to, of a guy whose balls are swollen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <clears throat> Rutgers at Syracuse. Folks, the Rutgers offense is really bad. It's, yeah. it's really, really bad because I don't think this Syracuse defense is very good. 17-7 to Rutgers wins. Um, Noah Vidral is, he has the same exact stat line every single game. It's always this. It's its like 7 of 14 for 145 yards or something like that. It is and they just, keep winning games, brother. Yeah, this is bad. This is not good. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't know. But until they get that Gamma Wimson kid in the program, I don't know what you do if you're Rutgers. Like, you obviously don't have anyone on the roster that can throw a football. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know what the plan is besides doing exactly what they're doing. And, like, I mean, I don't know. There's a scenario where they still win like seven games this year, I guess, yeah. like which well, is pretty goddamn good for them. Yeah. The good news is that they get Ohio State in a couple of weeks, so they'll they'll have a chance to bounce back mm-hmm. on offense. That's funny, Patrick. Um, yep, that's good. Is it wrong? <laughs> that's pretty funny, Patrick. Washington at Michigan. Michigan 31. Washington 10. John Donovan, folks, he's done it again. Uh, the Washington offense is completely unwatchable. These guys stink. Yeah. These guys stink really bad. Also, uh, our uh, our Pac-12 is great theory somehow got better and worse this week. It's, uh, we do love. It. I mean, UCLA didn't play, so it's it's. I UCLA, mean, it's it's only going to go up every time UCLA plays. Yep, it's uh, UCLA and Oregon carrying the Pac-12. The That's two, the way it's supposed to be. Two teams that we really love to trust. Yep. <laughs> um, the the thing that really stood out to me here. Uh, one, watching Washington's passing concepts is very funny because it is like watching a game from 2005. Like, they have Dylan Morris drop, like doing like seven-step seven drops and yeah. trying to... It's it, it, it's like watching the Colts in like the Peyton Manning era. It's really bad. And I don't even think he was necessarily terrible. Like, nothing I would say. Like, I don't think the game is necessarily his fault. Either. Yeah, like, it's just that the offense around him is awful. Washington can't run the ball. Cade McNamara here, 7 of 15 for 44 yards mm-hmm. <laughs> in a 21-point in a win against against a power five team um michigan's rushing attack i know that i will be i will like like believing in texas i will feel sorry for thinking this but i do like it i like the way that this rushing attack is structured i think it's fun to watch um i think blake Corum's really good and and mm-hmm. is legitimately a, a a potential game changer on that offense i am not yet to the point where i believe that michigan is 
full-on good, but I, I, I have liked what I've seen from their run designs. I think they're good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's much to learn from the first two weeks of Michigan considering the defenses they played. I mean, like, yeah, especially not against these guys. Yeah, I mean, Washington's really bad, and Western Michigan's probably worse. And yeah. then they play the next two weeks are Northern Illinois and Rutgers. Uh, I mean, they really don't play a good team until they get to Penn State on November 13th. Like, yeah. they could pretty easily Man. start off 9-0, and which is, again... Going to set up for a perfect Michigan season where they you know, start off nine and zero and finishing nine and three. Yeah, uh, we're certainly looking into that. We are. We are definitely looking into that. Um, yeah, I mean, Kate McNamara still sucks though. By the way, we should point that out. Like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, was what seven to fifteen for? Hang on, I got hold of forty four yards. Forty four yards. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. generally, I mean, yeah. if you can pass the ball for forty four yards to win the game by. 21 points. You got to yeah. love that. Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to give you some unsolicited advice here. Keep Cade as the quarterback until that November 13th game. And then as you're going into that week, switch to JJ. Yeah, we'll see. Just just spring it on Penn State. I'm sure he'll do that. Yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure he'll do it. Just like, just like Ryan Day will move to Quinn Ewers, even yep, though he very absolutely. obviously should. Um, pick, so what's our vote for game of the week here, man? Probably Iowa, Iowa State, because the offenses here, even though the score was, was 27-17, the offenses were so blatantly terrible for this entire game. Like, it was exclusively turnovers leading to points here. I think I've got A&M at Colorado, just because... Uh, also really bad. Yeah, really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Other games to hit on here: Coastal Carolina over Kansas Go by <laughs> by exactly the amount of points that it needed to cover, which we love. Um, we are proud. Of so them. I did my part in the in the in DJ Burns' presidential uh, power parlay. It was the Bucks that let him down. Um, no Coastal Carolina still good. This Kansas team immediately better than anything it has done in probably a decade plus. Uh, Lance Leipold, as it turns out, pretty good. Pretty good at this whole thing. Yeah, we um, like him. We Kansas like him. looks legitimately well coached. I like Jason Bean at quarterback. I think this team is not truly despicable. Um, Virginia blows out Illinois. I think we were right in saying that Virginia is just a more evolved version of Illinois at this point. Um, I don't know what the ceiling is for Virginia, but I think the floor for Illinois is pretty low this year. Yeah, I mean, man, it's just going to take a little while to get things together here. Yeah. I, I don't see anything going together well for them soon. Yeah. yeah, Miami of Ohio against Minnesota, 31-26. Not really sure what to think of all this from Minnesota. Obviously, man, I think that Minnesota's. Uh, uh, just not that good uh, with Tanner Morgan, who's bad. Like, I yeah, saying, Tanner yeah. Morgan is not very good. Running game was still okay, even with the uh, with the backup in there. Potts, I think, is his name. Um, yeah, Trayson Potts, Pennsylvania kid, if I recall correctly. Yeah, but uh, I don't know what to think of this because I don't think Miami of Ohio is especially good this year, and, and I don't no, know. No, they are just a pretty consistently well-coached team, Yeah, they're, they're, they should not be getting this close to you on their own. Yeah, they are perpetually 7-5, and five, which is yeah. not not really what Minnesota should be dealing with if it's, if it's a MAC team. One of the best games of the week here, Wyoming, 50, NIU, 43. Let's go. What the fuck is going on with Wyoming, man? Really bizarre team that was supposed to be great on defense, and I, I mean, I don't know what the fuck this is, but... Yeah. Um, NIU also, also NIU I, friskier than we thought. Yeah, they'd yeah, be. I'll yeah. give I'll give Thomas Hammock some credit for for NIU being legitimately I think kind of okay this year. It's yeah, good happy, for him. They did for him. they didn't win a game last year, and I would imagine that feels pretty good to uh, to do this now. Missouri, Kentucky, Kentucky thirty five, Missouri twenty eight. Do you Kentucky, know how bad? I just want to jump in here real quick. Sure. Um, you know, Will Levis in this game was ten of eighteen for one hundred seventy nine yards and a touchdown and a pick. Uh huh. Do you know how bad Sean Clifford has to be for some Penn State fans? Like, oh my God, we could have had Will Levis as quarterback instead? And I think they're justified in doing so. So funny, dude. And I think it's a little bit of an unnecessary freak out, but this is a good win for Kentucky. We said they'd be good, and they are. Um, You know, Kentucky, what do they get next? They, I mean, shit. 
They get uh, Tennessee Chattanooga at home, South Carolina on the road, um, Florida at home. That's three FCS teams in a row. Yeah. Um, then they get LSU at home. That's four. So they yeah. don't really have a challenge. They play Georgia on the road. Yeah. And even then, I mean, who knows who's going to be playing? I mean, Will <laughs> Levis could be playing quarterback for Georgia in that game. Who knows? I unironically think Kentucky's going to start 6-0. and with wins over Florida and LSU. Yeah, and it will count as a quality win for the dogs, and we do love that. Um, <laughs> Kentucky, I do think it's very funny that the offense immediately went back to what it always was. After yeah. one week of passing the ball, they were, eh, we don't want to do that. Yeah, pretty good. Chris, Chris Rodriguez, I think, carries the ball like 40 times in this game. Man. Memory serves. I mean, it works. <laughs> why, why not? Um, Cal, TCU here. TCU 34, Cal 32. If I'm mm. correct in remembering this, uh, I'm going off That's the dome right. here, which yeah, is which it. is real sicko behavior. Got pulled um, up. Uh, also, Zach Evans almost hit the un, the over that I uh, I laid out, which was uh, he had 190 yards on 22 he's, carries. He's really good. Yeah, <laughs> he's as it turns out, he's uh, he's really good. Yeah. Also, Max Duggan, as we know, really great player. We've yeah. all said it for a long time. Yeah. 231 yards, three touchdowns. What's exactly what we all thought about mm-hmm. him? Um, what the fuck is going on with Cal's defense? Yeah, it's supposed to be their whole thing, right? Uh huh. Kind of their only <laughs> thing, actually. I would say even TCU's defense also not good, which was, was I mean, this is Pac-12 TCU, or Pac-12 uh, TCU is Cal and vice versa. The best part of the season is going to be whenever Cal beats Oregon on the road in mid-October. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna love that. That's we're gonna, gonna, gonna be love cool. That. Yeah. Um, last one here: San Diego State thirty-eight, Arizona fourteen. Folks, you just have to laugh. You Jed, just have to laugh. He's he's a Jed fish out of water here. Hmm. Um, this dude stinks. When did you write that one up? I just did. Just in my brain. <laughs> that one straight off the dome. Turns out running away your good quarterback is not the best plan. You don't want to do yeah, that. You don't yeah, want to do that. Weird to do that. He's Who also, I believe, isn't playing at Memphis. Right. Also, <laughs> a bad decision for everyone involved there. Just not a lot of guys making good choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not sure why he went to Memphis. Not sure why Memphis isn't playing him. We're talking about Grant Gannell, of course. Um, Arizona, this was 38-7 to until eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Let's go. This was never close for any reason. Reason. San Diego State completed 10 passes in this game um, mm. and scored mm. 38 points. I, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is here for Arizona. If you are if you are the uh, the athletic director here looking at this, I mean, beyond just I don't care about football, I don't care about the results, which is a weird uh, stance for an athletic director to take. I don't know how you could possibly look at this and not immediately try to fire Jed Fish. Like, yeah, this dude sucks. We knew he was going to suck. <laughs> Everybody who knows anything about college football said he was going to suck. Like, this is this is stupid. This is fucking stupid. Why are we doing this? He's going to hire Zach Smith any day now. Yeah, I'm sure. And Keith Williams, get the gang back together. Um, the, the, big, <laughs> the big three. Everybody watch out. That's uh, right. Don't drive your car in the town anytime soon. <laughs> um, all right, do you want to talk about fucking Clay Helton? Stupid, dumbass Clay Helton. Uh yeah, might as well. Yeah, so Clay Hilton has been fired. So Urban um, Meyer is on the plane <laughs> to California right now. Oh, um, Clay Hilton after losing to Stanford is, um, he has been killed. He has been shot out of a cannon by by Mike Bond. Um, man, oh man, uh, this is a weird time to do this. I'm not really sure why you didn't just do this in the last off season and then actually hire yeah, Urban. If, if all it took is one loss to yeah. like uh, to, to Stanford, who yeah. always beats you. <laughs> <laughs> then I don't know what your plan was. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, 
Yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't know who you hire. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking right now at a Bruce Feldman article that says that the viable targets here are Mario Cristobal, James Franklin, and Luke Fickle at the top of the list. Well, if you're Mario Cristobal or James Franklin, why would you leave your current job to go to USC? James Franklin, because I think he's hit the ceiling at Penn State and could probably benefit from moving somewhere else at this point. Just I, I, I think he knows what he I can do at Penn State. I think he's his ceiling as a coach. I don't think he sure. can do better than this. But I don't think that he would think of it like that. Sure, you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough. Um... He also is just like a Pennsylvania lifer, though. The people don't really consider yeah. that they look at him. I mean, I do think of James Franklin as a used car salesman because he is. Yeah. But he's also a PA lifer who's, you know, been there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Mario Cristobal, there's no reason to leave Oregon for no USC. Chance. You have no. a better job right now. Right. Like, sorry, you do. Yep. You don't have to deal with the fucking morons at USC. True. You, you, you can win games already. Yeah, instead, you just get an unlimited budget for your athletic department. Yeah. Luke Fickle, I don't think, would leave the Midwest for this. Seems this. Like, for everything I've been told by everyone close to Luke Fickle yeah. is that the only jobs he would leave Cincinnati for would be Notre Dame, Ohio State, or Penn State. Yeah, and and this is not that. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think this is, Luke Fickle in Los Angeles just seems completely insane seems to me. bizarre. I don't think he would, like, purely from what I know about Luke Fickle as a person, I don't think he'd want to fucking drive in Los Angeles. I also think just, like, on a, on a level of, like, you know, this isn't really a good fit for him. I like. I don't no. think Luke Fickle would be good at Southern California recruiting. No. I, like when to succeed at USC, he's never done that before. <laughs> I think you almost have to be like this, the Pete Carroll style salesman. Yeah, like James Franklin. Yes, like James yeah. Franklin, right? Something like that. Yeah, you have to do the glitz and glamour shit, and that's not Fickle at all. Like yeah. he's a good recruiter. Don't be wrong, but not that way. Yeah. Um, the, the fourth name, just for reference, <laughs> that Feldman has on here, Tony Elliott. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Okay. Let's let's go ahead. Go ahead. Try that. Yeah. Um, no, hire James Franklin. I think James Franklin would be a good hire here. Yeah. I mean, Urban Meyer. Is yeah. Sure. Take yeah. Take a call. Urban um, Meyer, who will die on the field during this NFL season if he doesn't leave before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, man. I don't know. Anyone else you like for the uh, the candidacy? No, um, I think James Franklin is the is the obvious. He's going to go ten and two there. You need to go ten and two sometimes. I think USC should just really lean into it and hire Herm Edwards. I think sure. they should just like. Say fuck it. What do you think about the combination of Tom Herm Edwards and you get Tom Herman and Herm Edwards in there as a co-coach? We're certainly going to look into There's that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's an idea. That's definitely <laughs> one idea we could, could take a look at. Um, I've heard PJ Flex name thrown around, which is really, really funny. That would be, yeah, sure. I, I'm sure that the boosters there would really love how uh, oh, how, yeah. how seriously he takes everything. Just what a fucking, you know, PJ Fleck is like the definition of like a Midwestern yokel frat guy that yeah. everyone hates. Yeah. Um, yeah, he sucks. Um, God damn it. Uh, what about Jim Mora? Oh, man. Also, Den- <laughs> Dennis Dodd has just reported that the USC job is Luke Fickles to turn down. And if he does, Bob Stoops could be the next top candidate. <laughs> so USC would like to be turned down five times. <laughs> That's right. Um, man. Could you imagine if you hire fucking... Bob Stoops, Coach USC, that is not going to go well. Why did they... If the if the first guy that you're calling is not Urban or Stoops, why do they do this right now? Luke Fickle is not going to take the job right now. Luke Fickle, has, he has a team to coach. I can't figure out why this would be the thing. I mean, I really don't understand it. Um, like, what is Luke Fickle... Luke Fickle is trying to get a team to the playoff. Do you think he's going to tell you yes and let that leak? Fuck, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> what an insane thing to do. Uh, Bruce Feldman is also reporting that Chris Peterson will not take the job. I'm stunned. Uh, yeah. So Chris Peterson, the guy who has never wanted to coach at USC. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're, <laughs> we're getting some, like, also some funny posts that I'll have to tell you about off the air. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Luke, like, 
this is just Luke Fickle's not going to take this job, man. I, I, I. Yeah, I don't think he will either. I, I don't think it makes sense for him to do it. I mean, like, especially, oh, shit. I mean, like, he might have an easier path to the playoffs in Cincinnati. Yeah. Than, once they join the Big Twelve, and he does it uh, at yeah. USC. Which we've, is, al- we've also got some. I'm going to get your live reaction to this here if you haven't already seen it. Ryan Day confirms Josh Proctor's out for the season. Yeah, we knew this already. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm sending you the tweet that I'm talking about. I just don't want you to react to it on the air. Just read it and uh, you know enjoy that time for us to talk about it. Okay, all right. Uh, let's get out of here. This has been fun. We will be back with our uh, preview show. Hang on. Let's let's no, oh. let's 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 no. Let's just uh, fire some other candidates here, Patrick. What am I? <laughs> How about Dion Sanders, USC head coach? <laughs> give, give me give me your reaction to that. I'm pro. <laughs> how about how about Nick Rolovich? How hmm. about um? How about Mike Leach? Hmm. I think that uh, who's free right now? LeBron James, not coaching a college team currently. This is a really good uh, post that you have just sent me. Just by the way, really fucking yeah, I'm, good. I'm, man. En- I'm enjoying this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she got off the air so we can laugh about this. Uh, thanks for flipping the field. I'm gonna do yep. the outro today. Um, you can find Patrick at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. He writes the outside newsletter for five bucks a month. Yep, uh, and you can follow me at B1G underscore Ryan where you will get the most insane tweets of anyone you know on uh-huh. Saturdays when the Buckeyes are on. Yeah. Including when we play Akron and Tulsa. There is no doubt in my mind I'll still be tweeting like a lunatic. Yeah. So uh, go Bucks, and uh, I look forward to a high-six national championship later this season. Right. See you guys.